The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I am here for this exciting 300th episode of the podcast with all three of my fine co-hosts. Nate Heininger. Laura Nash. And your bro-host, Shane Kelly. And uh, yes, that's right. This is episode 300 of the Short Game Podcast. We did it. We did it. I cannot believe it. And so as a uh, as a celebration of our 300th episode, we decided to take this week and do uh, a Q&A episode, kind of similar to what we did around Thanksgiving last year. Uh, it's a good time of year for this sort of thing. I love this. Good for us. <laughs> I'm going to pat ourselves on the back for a second. 300. That's, uh, that's many games. That's many, many, many games. And uh, also, you know, this is... Uh, not our 300th item in the feed either. We've had a handful of extras here and there and so on. So, um, you know, in some episodes where we covered multiple games, I'd say the number of games we've covered is probably well in excess of 300 now. Yeah. And when the podcast started, nobody had children. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about that before we started recording that, like, my life was so fundamentally different than it is now when we started this podcast. Uh, Reagan and I worked retail together and I, I was with Molly. So we were dating and none of us had kids. Most of us weren't married. (laughs) Uh, I had never met Mm -hmm. Shane or Laura in real life and wouldn't for a little while still. Not until your wedding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your wedding. I, I, listeners, I did show up and meet Nate at his wedding. It was um, great. Which really disturbed several people who didn't know I was from the podcast. So. It's honestly the best way to meet an internet friend is to show up on the most important day of their life. Well, I have it no other way. We returned the favor by going to Laura and Justin's wedding a couple years later and meeting a ton of people for the first time. Be like, yeah, we're the podcast friends. <laughs> it's a and normal. they knew <laughs> you yeah. very well, some of them, which is very creepy in uh, its own way. Yeah, you know, it was good though. Um, yeah, it's it's been what is it seven years now? Almost eight since our first episode. I guess it was 2014, but I don't remember off the top of my head. And I should, I should, I should know the date, but I don't remember off the top of my head what the first day of the podcast was sometime in 2014. Yeah. I think, uh, myself, Shane and Laura have been on somewhere between 70 to 85% of the episodes. And Reagan has been on (laughs) 99.95% of the episodes. So Mm -hmm. shout out, shout out to Reagan, the consistency. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 glad to uh, glad to take a pause from our usual format and have a sort of uh, sort of hangout, and also uh, welcome our listeners in parasocially to this hangout. Mm-hmm. Welcome, listeners! Thank you, especially for being with us. Some of you, I hear, have been with us for almost 300. I know no one, literally no one, listened when we first zero. <laughs> yeah. people. Some uh, some people have back. We have had gone. the stats. Someone has gone yeah. back. Some of you who are listening now have listened to as many as available, but there is certainly no one who started from from day one. But if you have been with us 
for multiple years. If you can't tell, invite us to your wedding. We'll show up. We just talked about probably. We'll go. We'll be there. We'll be there as long as you pay. Absolutely, I do love a good wedding. <laughs> Speaking of going back to the beginning of the podcast, I did want to uh, call out something that we're doing in celebration of this uh, of this wonderful milestone. change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this milestone, uh, and that is that uh, we have now. <laughs> I have finally figured out how to get things set up so that folks can go back and listen to almost our entire back catalog. I love that. I love that this happened when it's already impossible to do the entire back catalog. We're getting there. Um, <laughs> so I, I've, as I've said many times on the podcast, our CMS, our, you know, I, I sort of rolled our own when I was first starting out the podcast. And it's very almost impossible to move a podcast from one hosting situation to another without disrupting everything. So I never have. Um, and previously, uh, when we first started the podcast, it had a maximum number of episodes you could have in the feed of about 50. Later, that changed to 150, and that was where it stayed for years. And at some point between back then and now, uh, that technologically has changed, and now I was able to bump that number up to 300 just in time for that not to include everything <laughs> we've ever put out. <laughs> but it's, 100, it's 150 um, more than you had before. So Yeah. So as of right now, you can scroll back in your podcast feed if you'd like and see See episodes all the way back to t- episode 20, probably 21 by the time this releases yeah. and pushes episode 20 now, out of the feed. Now, now, should you go back that far? Eh, debatable, but it's there now. Very good <laughs> stuff. Some good stuff. It's there for you now. Indeed. Uh, yeah. We have at least upgraded our microphones since then. Now, whether we've yes. got, now, whether we have gotten better at this, debatable, but we sound a lot nicer now uh than we did i have almost certainly gotten worse (laughs) (laughs) i'm not recording into a kick drum microphone anymore so uh oh i I forgot about that yeah no i wanted to also just do a quick call out to a listener and new patron uh who's i don't know their name but on patreon they are math wrath a new patron whose uh question about hey where are the yeah uh whose question about where are the old episodes was what Glued me in to check on this again for the first time in a couple of years since the last time I had looked into it. So uh, thank you, Matt <laughs> Uh These are for you. Uh, thank you for your uh, for your support. So here's I, I think the subtext here, uh, Math Rath, and thank you for that. Is we have been telling everyone on the show that the answer to why aren't they on uh, the feed is that we can't do it. And the real answer is we hadn't checked and we're too lazy. <laughs> I hadn't. I honestly, I had not we even had thought about it in a couple of years. Checked. All Just it took. Yeah. All, all it years. took was one. All it took was one person saying, "Hey, what about those old ones?" And uh, here we are. So, you know, it's a great example of how the community contributes to the show. I know the Patreon is great, but just you know, reminding us, hey, can you actually give me those old episodes? And, and yes, apparently we can. They were always available on the website. Yeah, right. yes, they were. It's, and we also realize that's pretty inconvenient. So. I know. Although we're really going to have to work out the reducing revenue streams of all the massive traffic we were driving to our website for um for that for that. <laughs> yes, our completely ad free website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually have always really liked the short game website. Since we're talking meta here, when we started off, Reagan, like he said, rolled his own, but it's all based on a. Uh, a template for WordPress, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, a template with the convenient name Podcaster. Guess how I found it? 
Yeah. Well, you know, you made it look really nice. I think we have a better website than a lot of podcasts. And it does kind of set us apart because most podcasts out there are literally just a feed at this mm-hmm. point. And a lot of them are are not even really that anymore because they're just rolled into some app and they don't even have a front facing website where you can search the episode notes and stuff like that. It's a little bit old school. It's a little bit cool. It always bit struck circular. me as kind of bizarre. Like every time I find a new podcast, sometimes I, you know, I'm like, I, I want to find out where, you know, more about that podcast. And I Google it. And even for podcasts that are clearly more popular than ours, you cannot Google them. Um, or if you Google like XY podcast, what you find is a link to their page on Apple podcasts or something. Uh, they have no other web presence. Um, I know that makes us kind of old school to have like a website with, uh, with actual show notes. And I don't always put things in the show notes. Uh, you know, listeners, you can scold me if there's something that you thought I should link. Please and do. I didn't. Um, but, uh, but you know, it was important to me then. And I still think it's nice to have like an actual website. I know no one looks at it or listens to things on it or, or whatever, but it, there, there it stands. I do custom images for every single episode and they're on there looking. It's that attention, the detail, you know, that really separates us. Mm. I think theoretically it's probably been pretty good for our like overall search engine optimization or it what has. have you, but mm-hmm. it, it probably, you know, it, it, the cool thing about podcasting as a medium and as a, uh, just a, a place to do something creative is that, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like search engine optimization, whatever. We're not like rolled into some algorithm. Like if we were putting our content up on YouTube, we just put out a feed. People who want to listen to it can download it and, you know, we're cool. And uh, Mm -hmm. so the fact that people do come along with us, I feel like our listeners and viewers matter a lot more to us than just like a number on a view count on a video or something like that. So uh, Mm -hmm. very, very cool. Love you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And All because of that. of that, we are going to answer some of your questions instead of just talking yeah. about things we What a segue, Laura. What a segue. Yeah, we've uh, we've been soliciting See, that's what 300 episodes of podcast experience gets. It's like a segue experience. It's a segue and a subtweet at the same time. <laughs> Is it really a segue if everyone immediately comments no. about how it's a segue for a We're just in, we just we're still impressed by good podcasting because it happens so rarely on this it show. That, uh, <laughs> if the rest of us hadn't absolutely tanked, them. Uh, Laura, take us into those questions. Or who's going to do let's questions? So, real quick, let's set up. We've we've been soliciting questions on Twitter and our Discord and wherever people can contact us, and we're going to do our best to get through as many of them as we can. If we don't get to your question in this. Uh, show we're going to hold on to them and use them in future episodes uh, but thank you everyone for your questions there are a lot and some really good and uh interesting uh and kind of complex at times questions that i was not uh expecting and so i'm, I'm excited to talk mm-hmm. through these with uh with all of you yeah and so if we don't get to something on here we're going to try to bring it back maybe do like a, a question and answer type of segment at the ends of podcasts or something like that we'll see but we'll try to get through as much of this as we can So we had questions about a lot of different topics. I kind of sort of divided them up into sections based on sort of general topic area. And uh, a good chunk of the questions were just questions uh, about the show or sort of meta questions about the show generally. And so I thought we'd kind of start with those since we're already in a a reflective mood talking about the last 300 episodes and what the show has been like. So in no particular order, uh, first question is from The Sweat, one of our patrons via Discord. Um, 
So he asked, uh, was there a particular game that sparked the idea of the show? So I can only speak to this uh, for myself. Now, I, I, I theoretically was the person who came up with the idea for the show, but very quickly other folks kind of joined me. So I think you guys probably also have um, thoughts about this a little bit. Um, I, I can say that for me, this uh, the show mostly came around because it, a, around 2014 was a time when I was suddenly in a position to like buy my own gaming PC. This was something that had never really been an option for me previously. And I was like staring down a large Steam backlog uh, and started to sort of trying to play a lot of different stuff. I was doing a lot of like forum crawling being like what are games with good stories you know like incredibly broad stuff like that and um what i found myself doing a lot of was playing these shorter games because that's a lot of what was this was early in the sort of steam indie boom and um so the games that we that sort of inspired doing the show were some of the games we covered very early in the show i think the two main ones that spring to mind uh were uh gone home which i still revere I still think it's an absolutely wonderful game. Uh, and uh, weirdly enough, Octodad was one of the games that really kind of made me want to do the show. I was like, this game is hilarious and awesome, and I want to talk about it with people. Yeah. And, um, and so th- those are a couple of them um, that kind of like first sparked things. I don't know. What about you, Nate? You were you and Shane were kind of like, but you, you Nate, were sort of the first person I talked to about the show. So yeah, uh, what are you, what are you, what were you thinking about back then? Well, I think I came to the show. I'm really curious about this moment because it's like it's like I never, I wasn't in on this. <laughs> this was the, this was the backroom conversation that started it all. Well, I came to the show from a, a slightly different angle. Um, I've talked about it uh, various times on this podcast, and that I had. Um, I had spent like basically 10 years in like MMO and RTS hell, you know, I mean, I loved it at the time, but I basically missed like an entire decade of video games because all I played was world of Warcraft, a couple things like that around there, guild wars, et cetera. And if I wasn't playing that, I was playing like Starcraft or age of empires or whatever. Um, but about a year before Reagan and I started talking about this, I had, I had finally, I was like, I'm done. I can, I've spent like literally like months of my, you know, like world of Warcraft would give you, you could see like your time played and it was always like a gut punch every oh. time you check that. Right. And I, <laughs> and I, had, and I had spent like too much time of my life playing just the same game over and over and over. And I was like, I need to not do this anymore. There's so much more interesting video games, so many more interesting video games. And like, so I had played uh, Portal, you know, which I think opened a lot of people's eyes to the idea of a short game being super compelling and, and fantastic. Um, and then uh, here you go and ring your little bell here. I started playing a game called FTL. That was, uh, <laughs> that was like, you know, which is ironic that I'm bringing that up in the context of playing new games because I literally played some FDL just like a couple days ago. But again, very different than an MMO. <laughs> um, and anyway, so like my eyes were starting to open up to like this whole other world of video games that I had really not been a part of because I've been playing World of Warcraft over and over. And so Reagan and I were uh, 
working at Apple together, and I mm-hmm. just started chit-chatting back and forth over a low shelf of iPod docs, <laughs> yep. just uh, and standing around trying not to lean on things because that would make us look lazy in front of our man. Of course, of course, just slinging iPhones left and right, and um, mm-hmm. so you know, I had started getting into these types of games. I also had been doing a podcast about baseball, so I was kind of really into podcasting, and Reagan started talking about like what do you think about doing this show? And it's like, well, this, well, I can't just let it pass. I saw on Twitter that talking about birds might be a comeback. Is that true? R- rumors are flying. Rumors are flying. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it, it was a kind of a perfect combination. And, and honestly, when we started, I was like, I didn't even really know, like, is this going to be a show that I'm doing all the time with Reagan or is this going to be something that we do every once in a while? And then it was like, let's do it weekly. (laughs) And then, you know, (laughs) uh, here we are seven years, eight years later. And, you know, it's been a weekly part of my life. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of where I, I came at it and uh, it's, uh, I, I feel like such a, can't believe I fucked you over like that. (laughs) No, it's, it's so much better. I feel like such a better, um, I feel like I enjoy games in the way that I always really wanted to, but was too deep into MMOs. Um, Like I, I, yeah, this game or this show has helped me engage in video games in the way that I think is, right for me so uh so yeah that's that's kind of where i came at it but i i didn't really know much about the scene i i just really was just starting to get into the sort of stuff when we started the podcast and it's pretty evidence too i think if you listen to the early episodes i have no idea what i'm talking about and you know and still don't but i'm you know i played a lot more at least at this point i think shane and our stories are pretty short like Shane is Reagan's brother, and I invited myself on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Laura, we need, we realized I, we realized early on. I do have on, actual skills. <laughs> yeah, we realized early yes. on that we needed someone who actually knew what they were talking about. Uh, like me, I had actually come out of the industry, and I yeah. had moved, and I I was no longer in gaming, and I was like I. And I'd played so many short games because I was doing kids and family games and trying to learn the genre. Like, I didn't grow up playing games because my parents didn't believe in them. Um, congratulations, I did well in school. But then I um, immediately, re- my guests rebelled by joining the gaming industry after college. Um, <laughs> That'll teach you, what a mom. Sad rebellion. <laughs> yeah. um, getting employed. Um, Take that, Gail. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she does not listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I, have, I can't believe it. I what? know. This is not her wheelhouse. Um, but I, you know, was like, oh, I see you starting a gaming podcast. Have you considered episodes of these 20 topics? Like, it's probably <laughs> a very embarrassing tweet. It's like literally 20 games. And Megan's like, if you want to talk about any of them, just like show up. Come on the show. Come on, yo. Um, and I really overprepared. <laughs> it's like, and Laura, I set really a high don't, bar. don't worry. No one listens. We don't, you can just come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally true. But uh, Laura helped with that a lot, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, Laura, you, yeah. Uh, you I, have I've, to- uh, I don't, yes, but, you know, but- we, the show wasn't really a show until we got Laura, so. <laughs> Mostly because I organized things. <laughs> You do. Megan does also all the like... labor, but then I like make sure there's an outline. <laughs> it helps. Thank you, Laura. It helps. 
It's a huge help. It, it really no, is. It's, it's not even helpful. It's a necessity. I think we would have, <laughs> the show would have died five years ago if Laura hadn't been a part of it. So. So the next question on the list, I think, is a good place for us to take this conversation from here. And, and I help, too. <laughs> That's what I was like, Reagan. Sorry, Shane. Shane. Did, I, did I cut you off? No, uh, no. We just, love just Shane kidding. dearly. We do. We do. Shane's great. Sometimes we do, sometimes we do I, games I that let him talk about I Magic the Gathering. So. <laughs> Sorry. Same, same Shane. I just was here at the beginning, you know. At the start. Um, <laughs> no, y'all y'all always surprise me with like, like sometimes I'm like, you know, I I think I've pretty much, I understand this thing, right? We're, we pick out a game, we start playing it. I'm like, I, I understand this thing. And then, uh, you know, one of y'all brings something to the table uh, where I'm like, oh, they're smart. All right, cool. <laughs> See, so the, I, appreci- I really appreciate that's that. That's great that that's a novelty for you, Reagan. That's me on almost every episode. You guys have to, ex- <laughs> you all have to explain to me what happened, like, like 60% of the time. It's <laughs> Listeners, please no, go listen to the Her Story episode for evidence of this. Uh, oh, that was a great one. Yeah, it happens all the time. So the, the question I was going to mention here, this next one on our list uh, in our area of uh, show slash meta questions is comes from D.D. Beck on uh, the Discord. Uh, and he has a sort of dual question. Uh, if it's not too meta, he'd like to know what's the most important thing that changed about the show in the first 300 episodes and what would you like to change about the show in the future? Um, so I think we can each probably answer this a little bit briefly, but like for me, the f- most important thing that's changed about the show over the, the first 300 episodes, um, part of it is just becoming uh, the biggest thing I guess for me is just like uh, becoming really comfortable with our rhythm um, you know, getting on, uh, getting on like a really reasonable recording schedule and, uh, and like figuring out how, how to actually approach games in a way that lets us do a game every week and talk about it and edit a podcast and release it every single week or very nearly, um, you know, 48 to 50 episodes a week, a year, um, is like, I don't know. That, that's the thing that most changed. Like when we, if you go back and listen to the show early on, like if you look at the dates on those things, they are all over the place. Um, our our format is a bit all over the place, and there are times where we don't really sound comfortable, um, or at least I don't. And uh, that has improved a lot. And I think as we've, you know, we've all gotten to know each other's sort of vibes with games better. I think we're every bit of it is more comfortable now. So we can pick games more easily. We can kind of know when to bounce on something more readily. And when we get into recording, we know each other's rhythms and, and can get a podcast recorded in a more fluid way. And then the edit is easier and et cetera, et cetera. The whole thing has gotten better. Um, and what I'd like to change in the show's future, um, more listeners. <laughs> I don't honestly know. I'm I'm pretty comfortable with where the show's yeah. at. Actually, I, I I I like a lot about it. So uh, I don't know. Hard to imagine. If I could change anything, I would offer transcripts, but it's really hard. Um, transcripts take oh, yeah. a lot of time. Uh, automated ones um, do cost money, and if you do it machine, they games have weird words in them. And they don't make sense. Mm-hmm. I tried to. I tried a four-person to, podcast is very hard for a machine yes. to transcribe, even if it's using pretty standard terminology. Like we've we've tried a couple. of I those. tried a Firewatch There's episode, no and they did not like the word tweens at all. They put beans <laughs> in for every time, and it was like, oh no, the beans threw the thing in the water. And it was so funny but awful. It's, it's better. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So if I could, like, if if I got independently wealthy, I would have someone transcribe everything. Um, maybe in the future there will be a better tool. So that that's not a change. That's an a, improvement. Maybe a yeah. Patreon hey, goal. If anybody, if anybody on our uh, listenership here runs a large gaming publication that would like to adopt the show and spend a large amount of money no, on its man. improvement, the short, then that would be the main thing that we. The short game's about. not for sale. Okay, we're underground. All right, we don't need. <laughs> <laughs> we no way, man. I'm I'm in I'm I'm in my like late 30s. I am I am here to sell out. <laughs> if anyone is buying, I am selling. I just watched Tick Tick oh, Boom boy. and was like, oh yeah, I am definitely the person who left who is in advertising. And it's like, are you guys still living in the bad apartment? <laughs> oh no, oh, man. So yeah, uh, any last thoughts on uh, things we'd like to change for the show's future? I, I would like to experiment more in the future with our format. I think we have some kind of room to try new things there, uh, and we don't want to get stale. I'd love to keep looking for new ways to keep the show uh, sustainable so that we can have more of a backlog, fewer reruns. You know, more kids, don't derail it. <laughs> I, I definitely think that if anything could kill this show, it's going to be – uh, a, a, a third child for Reagan. But uh, <laughs> hey, I, this show has survived two kids. Two kids, man. We kept recording through both of those. Uh, <laughs> I just I wasn't exactly recording live in the from the birth zone. The but, birth you know. zone. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was, I was like, I was like, birthing chamber is the wrong <laughs> word, right? Birthing chamber much- is a term. <laughs> it's better than anything else we said. <laughs> But there's a room for a lot of improvement. Were you actually the father of your kids? (laughs) (laughs) Your head went from birthing chamber to birth zone. You are definitely a video game person. You're definitely a game player, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll take the next one. Um, Okay, so uh, we run into this from time to time. Um, This question comes from us, uh, comes to us. From Rubella from the Discord, uh, affectionately known as the patron saint of Bird Week. Uh, what is a game that you regret not being able to cover on the show because it's a little too long? The Witcher 3. Psychonauts 2. <laughs> I almost I almost started a Witcher-only podcast about uh, right after The Witcher 3 came out, and I was like so fucking high on that game. And I, I was like reaching out to everyone I could find. No one I knew wanted to do a Witcher podcast with me. I was just about to like do a weekly Witcher podcast. We were going to do uh, – we were going to talk about the game like – uh, quest by quest. I was going to do the books. I was ready for all of it, man, but I could not find anybody else who was, re- that was a big ass project. I could not find anybody to stick it out with me at yeah. the time. So, uh, and, and, you know, now there's a TV show and everything and there's, there's a dozen Witcher podcasts. I, I, I wouldn't have been the first exactly, I think, but I probably would have been pretty early, but, uh, that, that ship has sailed, but damn, I would have loved to have podcast. You missed your shot. Witcher. Um, I think there are a, a number of games that sit in that 20 hour area, 20 to 25 that I think a lot of us have enjoyed that like we end up either not doing for the show or we, we do it and then we kind of like disqualify it. You know Um, we did that with outer wilds, which was just such a good game that we had to talk about it, even though it didn't really fit our format. But like, 
Um, yeah. I think of uh, a game that I loved. Uh, well, a couple games that I love that are in the same genre um, is like the Spider-Man game for PS4, which is like 20 hours, 25 hours, depending on oh, yeah. how much you want to commit to side quests and things like that. Like there's a fair amount of these action adventure games that I think a lot of people play and that a lot of us in, have enjoyed playing that are still short compared to like their other RPG counterparts like the Witcher or like a Horizon Zero Dawn, but are still long from a like our standpoint, you know. Um, so, mm-hmm. see, Spider Man is incredibly short if you play it the way I play it, which is have your husband play it for a while, have him like go to the bathroom, pick up the controller, and just swing around New York City, being like, "Oh, I just moved here. This is fun," and <laughs> do that for a solid hour, ignoring all the alarms going off. Yeah, um, I mean, I- just looking at buildings, and then give him back the controller and like move on with your life. Spider Man takes an hour. <laughs> Perfect. Well, with that, with that mindset, you know, any game, uh, yeah. So I think, like, I would, I think yeah. there's probably room for us to, uh, you know, maybe branch into games like that. I know um, Shane and I, you, we've talked about doing a game like Death Loop, which is in that like fifteen to twenty hour time period that kind of gets out of our range of games that you know we may or may not cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think. That's really what I think about when I think about games that are just a little too long for what we're looking for. I think really we want like three to five hours and then we stretch into the mm-hmm. 10 hour when it gets into the 15. Yeah, we say 10 hours, but we really mean like 10 hours is like you, we've got to really love a game yeah. to talk about a game that's like 12 We need hours, a couple yeah. weeks you know, advance notice. Be, Let's yeah. Real. Yeah. I think one of the things that the structure of the show has done is it just kind of forces us out of these kinds of longer games that we would love to we would love to cover. I, I think yeah, we honestly. would end up being very critical of them. But if I play a 10 hour game outside of the show, even a ga- even if I play like a game we're not covering on the show, let's say I cover a, 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 a like a 20 hour game. That's all my gaming time for probably a couple weeks of the show. And there have been plenty of episodes that I have missed exactly for that reason. There's just some game that I really wanted to, to talk about. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Shane's like, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not playing uh, Deception. I am instead playing. Um, Destiny. I don't know. <laughs> Destiny or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine. That's part of how we structured this show is like, you know, my um, my gaming habits are are pretty, pretty tightly just around the kind of stuff we play on the show. And that's, you know, Hey, that's, that's me. Uh, But that's not the case always. And that's not the case for all of us. And so, you know, like right now, like I, I took this opportunity right now, like this, this week we were not picking a game and I was like, Hell yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play Etrian Odyssey 4 on the Nintendo 3DS. A deep delving dungeon. (laughs) Totally normal. Totally normal. Years. Like, yeah. So like, you know, this kind of thing, like that's a game that I've been putting off trying for like six or seven years. And it's because I had not, you know, I, I play stuff for the show. Well, right, right. So <laughs> that really, y- yes, you're that's, so I've been doing the same. I've been playing horizon zero dawn, which I just mentioned, and I've been loving it because we've had uh, a bit of a, between two episodes on inscription and this, I've had more time. Um, but Reagan, you a hundred percented the Witcher three on like the hardest mode while we were doing this podcast also. So you, you fit on it. Okay. That's true. <laughs> But it took me it took me well over a year. Yeah. Like that was that was like done in dribs and drabs. Yeah. And also mm-hmm. it's it's like a game that like I was m- incredibly obsessed with. I just sort of had to make time by lo- losing sleep. So um but yeah, that's true. And some of us read. 
Oh, for me, it was death loop recently. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. I just, I, if I was covering anything that feels like it's a short game, but it's not, it would be Psychonauts and Psychonauts 2. Cause those are not actually as short as you think they are. I know but I they, started they both feel of them. like they should be. So I always think I should be mm-hmm. able to cover them the podcast. And then I look at how long to beat and I look at how long, how deep I am after eight hours. I'm like, oh, yeah, these are not 10 hour games, not remotely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our next question is what are the shortest short games have been on the short game? Guys, we've covered a 15 minute game. Yeah, <laughs> we've covered for a 15 an minute hour. game for an hour and change. <laughs> we've we've actually talked about this. Which game was that? Uh, well, first let's give credit to uh, John from Gaming in the Wild who asked us this question, friend of the show. Yes, uh, if anybody on listening to the show is not familiar, John is uh, not just a uh, patron and friend of the show, but he's also a podcaster and does a great show in his own right. Gaming in the Wild, you can look it up, and it's uh, it's a nice little, very chill podcast with a great vibe. So if you want more of this kind of thing uh, with a sort of very quiet, nice voice, slow-talking guy telling you about what he's playing in Iceland, then you can uh, you can go listen to Gaming So in arguably, the Wild. it's, I mean, it's frankly, it's like the opposite vibe of our show, but we cover a lot of the same, <laughs> we cover a lot of the same topics, yes. and uh, so... He did an episode on Solar Ash this week, which I just started, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I want to talk with John about Solar Ash. I mean, I'm loving it. Oh man, maybe we should. Yeah, we'll have him on. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's talk about his question here. He asked uh, about the shortest games. Laura, w- say the name. What's the name of the game? The name of the game is Doctor Langeskopf, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald: A Whirlwind Heist, and it is. Episode 68, which you can now get in the feed. Ha-ha! Topical content. baby! It's back! That's been what I've always wanted to put back on our feed as a rerun, and everyone's like, it's a 15-minute game. Like, yeah, but it's a great conversation about a 15-minute game. I think I haven't listened to it in two years, but at the time when I re-listened to it, um, if we ever do an intro to the podcast page with, like, a couple episodes, it'd be like, if you really have no time and want the shortest game... There you go. Yeah. Yeah. A 15 minute long game that we talk about for a full hour long plus episode is pretty much max short. And I feel like we bring it up pretty regularly too. Um, This is one of the more Mm -hmm. mentioned games on our show. So I think like total amount of time spent talking about in ratio to time the game took to play. This game Mm -hmm. is like by a mile the highest on our list. Yeah, and considering um, Stanley Parallel, uh, Stanley Parallel, Sandy Parable, uh, the Ultra Deluxe Edition is coming out next year. It's officially announced by Crows, Crows, Crows. Finally, that was our game. that was our second episode, I think. Stanley Parable. Yeah. Uh, so like newly relevant. Yeah, we should do that. We I, should. And it's just in time for me to not remember literally anything about the Span- Stanley Parable. It's perfect time. Yeah, we should do the re-release. <laughs> Can't wait to play it yeah. again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we definitely will. <laughs> Um, Shane, you want to take the next question? We've got a couple of questions that came in from Charles W. in the Discord. Um, and I think they're both pretty good questions here. Uh, the first one is, what are some of the worst near misses in the show's history when everything about a particular game fit the show's format perfectly, but the game itself was either lackluster or just couldn't generate a substantive uh, discussion? So what do you guys think? So I have one, and it's a game that we covered recently. Um, so it's probably recency bias. Um, but this actually happens from time to time on the show where we'll 
we'll pick a game, we all play it, and because of our tight recording schedule, uh, we kind of decide like halfway through, like, well, this game isn't maybe our favorite, but we've all played it. We need to do an episode, and we'll do it. And unless we like all absolutely hate the game, which almost never happens, we'll just go ahead and do the episode and it'll be an episode that is like mixed reviews. Um, But we really try to highlight good games on this show and really try to celebrate good games. So we don't do a lot of like bashing of games, even when they don't necessarily work for us. So like a recent example uh, was Button City, um, which Mm -hmm. like on paper is like the perfect short game game. Uh, and you can go back to the episode. I won't belabor the point, um, but there was a couple things that just made it really not click with us as much as we thought it would. And uh, and it ultimately left being a game that, you know, wasn't, wasn't really my favorite, but it was still, there was enough, there was some charming pieces. There was enough stuff in there that we liked that we still wanted to cover it. Um, but like I said, we try to mostly just do games that we like. Uh, every once in a while, you'll get a game that we have differing opinions, you know, but at least someone on the show usually really likes it. Yeah, my my brief answer to this is the most common thing that happens with us is we get started on a game and we just, you know, don't like it that much. And uh, we move on. We move on through a lot of games or it's a game that we tend to play stuff that's new and it has maybe some issues that are common for new games because we hit a lot of those indies and, and there's stuff that has bugs or whatever. Uh, and maybe they haven't tuned the gameplay up uh, the way we want it to be. But uh, that said, like we we have mostly on this show picked bangers. And I think if you see uh, a game as an episode of the short game, it is a uh, solid gold stamp of approval. Yeah. Just A+. plus. Almost <laughs> Except always. 95% of the time. Except 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like a super trendy game a ton of people are talking about. And we right, feel like right, yeah. we disagree with the popular opinion. I mean, there's sometimes we've had some like fights on the episodes, which are <laughs> always uh-huh. fun. Um, I still like Virginia. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, uh, <laughs> Reagan and I disagree to the stay on Virginia, and that's fine. Yeah, I like to think that like if you were new to games and you wanted to see like what's a good list of games for me to get into indie games and and the sort of games that we cover, ideally you could just throw a dart at our at our episode list and find something that would be worthwhile playing. Um, it may not be the best game, but you know. Speaking of game ideas, his second question here, I will make sure we hit here is any chance that we could get additional retro game reviews akin to what we did for Super Metroid. And now uh, what would you pick? I certainly have some answers on my list, but uh, what do you guys have? Chrono Trigger. Maybe just throw some game names. Chrono Trigger. I, I played all the... We talked about doing Chrono Trigger. Yeah, it's been on our list for a while. I would still love to do an episode. I played all the way through it, and I remember it very clearly because I was on paternity leave with our first daughter, and I was like, we're going to do Chrono Trigger, and I played all the way through it. And then no one else did. And then did. I was like, well, I was like, oh, wait, it's actually 23 hours. Well, and we it's were, like, I've already beat it. Yeah, well, I had a lot of time because I was up until 3 in the morning or 4 in the morning every night. But um, we were going to do our standard, you know, like, you know, caveats. Disclaimer. Like, this, this is short, for, this one is one short for what it is. Yeah. Um, I would still love to do Chrono Trigger. I mean, I don't know that any of us have anything new to say about Chrono Trigger, but it's, it is one of the best 
games of all time, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So, yeah, th- this is actually a question that I kind of think about a lot because I do like retro games, but I don't often finish them. Um, in fact, I almost never right. do. And like, uh, you know, when, when we when I, I I ask this question of a lot of like when I talk to other retro game focused people, I'm always like, hey, you know, do, what do, what do you think are like the short games that that would be you know maybe fit on a, on this podcast? And and they recommend things all the time, and they're things like you know Mega Man or something, and like yeah, Mega Man or Mega Man Two or whatever. Those are great games. They really are great games. And if you're good at them, then they are short. But like, there's. I think there's like an element of like there's like a this is the you're telling on yourself you like, <laughs> I am everyone I know, knows like, that you're not good at games <laughs> like going to how long to beat does not give you an accurate number on those games or like looking up uh looking up like a a, a, a like a real time playthrough there's a word for that what is the word I'm telling on myself is not knowing let's play thank you uh, looking up a let's play does not tell you how long it takes to beat like Mega Man two because unless you already know how to beat Mega Man 2, you're going to spend a lot of time going down blind alleys, using the wrong weapons, with, you know, bosses who are going to kick your ass multiple times, resetting, resetting, resetting. Um, you know, it, maybe you abuse save states, and if you do, maybe that time's a little shorter, but are you really getting the original experience, et cetera, et cetera. There's lots of little hitches about covering retro games on this show that even games that seem like short games uh, in, in in some sense, almost all retro games might qualify as short games right. because, like, theoretically, if you don't die, you can beat them in an hour. But that's not See, we're, really we're the sidetracking here. But I think Chrono Trigger is a good example of what we could cover. I would love right. to see us do more of these, but mm-hmm. uh, it has to be something that has that story element that Chrono Trigger has. And very few I don't games think that's from true. I don't mind playing non-story. Well, I think games. it's just honestly hard to fit in. So we're having we they have are, trouble yeah. sometimes playing ten to twelve hour games that are like really trendy. People are asking us to cover. So like playing a twenty three hour retro one can be hard to fit in. Yeah, or or like Metroid, which is obviously what we've done two of them now. Mm-hmm. Where it is like there is the um, the history of the game. It's still fun to play and still feels relatively modern. And there is that story element that you're talking about, Shane, that like, you know, brings it together and helps it transcend just it being another platformer from the nineties or whatever, you know, because a lot of them uh, going back there, these are all great games, but what is there for us to necessarily say about Mega Man two or whatever, you know? So uh, like I, I'm, I'm not a huge retro gamer. I'm down to play these games, but I think it does need to be a perfect sort of formula for us to cover. We did uh, Streets of Rage yeah. 2 also, right? So we've done them. Yeah, we've done yeah. Them. We did that episode with Jordan Starkweather where we talked about the Game Boy, yeah. and that was not really like our standard format. But like um, we've talked about uh, – I feel like we've done a couple of other retro things over the yeah. years. But like it's it's it hasn't happened a lot partly for – well. It, they just they just don't really fit our format. Like something that you know we have can play in like five to eight hours ideally, and like all of us can reliably complete and can you know uh, have a good conversation at the end. And like I'm not sure that's most retro. Games if anybody us. has some suggestions that we that that that's that true. fit kind of what we're talking about right here, um, you know, I'd totally be down. I think we all or a lot of us play these games as kids or whatever. So give us the suggestions. So we've got a couple more sort of 
show questions slash meta questions, but looking at the show clock, I think we maybe want to save those and answer them another time. And let's move on to talking about some, uh, we, we got a number of questions, the sort of more general gaming opinions, uh, slash, you know, what are the state of games kind of questions. So, um, I clustered those together here. Uh, let's talk about some of these. All right. So this, this question is pretty conceptual. So I'm going to read it and then, I've also thought about it for a little bit, so I have an answer to that. I'd love to hear if any of you all have thought about this one. So uh, this comes to us from Hacksaw Unit in the Discord. Uh, Imaginary scenario. You can choose two games previously covered on the show. The core gameplay of each game is swapped with the other. Story and feel staying intact as much as possible. What two games would you want to try this way? All right. I'll go first. And my thing only kind of works in one way. But imagine combining what remains of Edith Finch with unpacking. Where (laughs) I'm actually 100% in. This is a brilliant idea. (laughs) I I know. Well, thank you. Um, So I think like the concept would be you're putting back together the house of Edith Finch or like they've moved, you know, and now you're putting everything back and you're telling the story of like the insanity that has happened at the, at the Finch home, but you're doing it by way of putting all of the items back. I actually think the unpacking like system of telling a story through unpacking could be applied to a lot of games, but I love the like idea of like, all right, where does this boat go? Oh yeah, on top of the spire. Yes, you know, and like just the 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 madness that is the uh, Edith Finch home, and trying to tell the story of what happened in each of those rooms, uh, I think would go really well. Now, flipping it the other way around, if we're playing the other game, which I guess is like a slow exploration of like a woman going to college and then going to school and and go you know and moving in with someone where you're just walking around their apartments probably not as fun but the unpacking mechanism would be cool i would love to see pocket card jockey (laughs) with dream daddy's plot i would love to see (laughs) i would for people who are not aware of this very um niche DS lo- game we covered. I, oh, I forgot. I love that game. I forgot all about yeah. it. Pocket Guard Jockey is a mix of solitaire and horse racing. And I would love to see uh, that kind of competitive solitaire in a visual novel. Yes, I have played Regency Solitaire, but I specifically I wanted to see. To <laughs> but but the thing about Regency Solitaire is it's solitaire with the narrative. It is how you do is really just you, you lose a card hand, you just keep playing it. There's no yeah. dating. There's no multiple partners, no risk. So I'd love to see an actual dating sim with yeah. multiple partners. There's very few play. dream daddies within Regency Solitaire too, right? So like... No. Yeah. One, uh, not a daddy. Right. Yeah. I, I have what I think is a pretty good answer in that I think both versions would work. Not that they would necessarily be the best potential version of any game, but okay, um, hear me out. So crossing up the incredible freeform open world platforming gameplay of Super Mario Bowser's Fury mm-hmm. with 
the first person high speed sword slashing of Ghost Runner. <laughs> okay. So you'd you'd have either uh Super Mario moving at high speed in 3D uh it, it, trying to find the best path with constant uh high speeds re- deaths and resets just Koopa shells kill Koopa shells going of, left and right Oh no 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 he's he's fight he's fighting sword dudes Oh it just guns. drops Mario he has to, he has to, but you have to jump on them <laughs> okay. right you just have to high speed move through these high tech spaces and jump on sword guys uh or potentially um, just dude with two swords running at incredibly high speed, like Naruto style across the water of the of the like picnic kingdom, you know, <laughs> slicing cats into into shreds. I think either of those would be pretty entertaining. Yeah. So that's my uh, my off the cuff answer for now. Uh, you know, my my answer is going to be really predictable. I just want us to have more um, deck building games. And so I'm just going to say mash. <laughs> that up with literally everything you can imagine. I We're already starting to get there. I think that's the theme of the last, like, 15 episodes of the podcast. Keep yeah, it going. I, I know, and yeah. I've started why, playing why another one. Why disrupt a good thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about that, Nate. Uh, Nate just started uh, fights in tight places. Like, yeah. Like, spaces. Or yeah. Uh-huh. So. Yep. That well, looks awesome. Man. Well, I'm going to jump out of order, though, because you mentioned deck building games. So... Uh, two people asked which video game genres could use more short games. So we've got we've got deck builders covered, uh, but Jordan Starkweather <laughs> do we ever. and Abekin want to know what other genres need the short game explosion that deck building is currently explaining now. I have an answer for this, and I kind of mentioned it earlier. So um, Spider-Man PS4 is a fantastic game. Uh, it's a little bit longer than what we cover, but they released uh, – at, along with the PS5, um, Miles Morales, um, like, you know, I don't even know what you call it. It's a new game, but it's built off of the uh, PS4 Spider-Man. And it's like eight to 10 hours, you know, maybe more if you really want to do all of the exploration and whatnot, uh, all of the, you know, collection, collectible stuff. Um, and I thought it was fantastic I, I know it's a lot to make these games these like fully rendered 3d worlds with like all of these um you know baked in quests and and collectibles and all of that so they were able to do it because they basically took a game they already made and just inserted a new story within it but i thought that like playing an rpg an action rpg with skill trees and all of the stuff that you want out of these sorts of games but that was done in like eight hours felt so good. I, I really loved it and I thought it was great. So I'd love to see shorter full on action games, you know, tell a tight story like Miles Morales does give me some good action and then let me be done with it. They don't all need to be 25 hours, 50 hours, you know, 120 hours or whatever. Like give me these short, short action games. Uh, I, I, I'd love it. Yeah, and I've I've thought for the last like year and a half since I came up with it that like romancing the stone is like an ideal thing for a video game, but it can't be long. Um, like I want an action game. I feel like you could actually do a romantic comedy in a video game if it's short, because anything that's huge cannot sustain the sizzle. So like that's yeah. my like that's my take. If you want to make a, a short version of an action game like add the rom-com element to it make it a rom like a romantic comedy action and like 
then eight to 10 hours is more than enough. Yeah. Well, then you run into that same problem that all of these games have where it's like, how do you do a sequel? Well, no, I was going to say more like, oh no, like the bus is going off the rails and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go do a couple side quests before I get to uh, solving that bus going off the rails, you know? Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Laura, I want to mash your idea up with the 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 genre that I love that never, ever gets short games. Like, I don't think we've done one on the show, and that is survival uh, sim games. Oh, yeah. You know? that Perfect like, match. Yeah, survival sim games, like the short, first off, they're not really story oriented. So they tend to be those sort of endless games. And when you have something that's really mechanically satisfying, if you're a game developer, the, um, I think the, uh, the, the right move in a lot of cases is to make it a substantial length of time, play time. You know, if you can sub- sustain that, I really want these short ones, make it, make a reason for there to be a shorter survival game. Most I, I think people don't survive that long. Yeah, sub, sub <laughs> Subnautica is like the 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 closest thing I can think of to what I would like to see, but even that is like 30 uh to 40 hours. So like where where is the version of that where uh I am building a tent for my cutie uh in a in a like a romantic comedy? That's you won't what, be rescued would... for 3 days. There's only one bed. This thing writes itself. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. you guys are you guys are geniuses. <laughs> Game devs there's steal only, our ideas. There's zero beds until you build one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you're too tired to build a second bed. All right. Very subscribe funny. Subscribe to our Patreon where our new show, Shane and Laura Write a Game, is starting. Uh, mm-hmm. Here we go. Right now, the apparently. Pitch. Yep. Yeah. I have, I have two ideas, uh, or you know, not ideas, but like two genres that I think um, I wish we'd see more, more short games very briefly. One is, um, uh, and this is either like, uh, flight sim style stuff or even like space flight sims like space combat type of games dog fighting anything you know a cockpit game we don't get those short and we rarely get them with stories whatsoever um, there's probably a couple of examples I'm not thinking of I know there was that thing the Star Wars thing early I don't usually play Star Wars stuff because I'm not a Star Wars guy but I was intrigued because it had a story um, something like that like a like a piloting game of some kind that has like a short you know, uh, you know, a, a, a fixed duration and is not just about like endlessly simulating flying from, you know, Paris, France to Perth, Australia or whatever uh, would be neat. And then um, uh, other idea was uh, RTSs. Uh, I don't think we get enough short RTSs. The only thing I can really think of off the top of my head we covered, which was uh, uh, Death, Death's Crown. Yeah, was I was going to say the same thing, yeah. Reagan. Um, yeah, RTS is like Death Death Crown was, uh, Death was, Crown. was yeah. awesome. And I think... I get it. the The genre is more about like strategy and 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 practice, mm-hmm. and, and it's and, hard to yeah. impart that and have people making interesting choices within a short yeah. time frame. Like it takes time to teach people a system and then have them make interesting choices yeah. within that system. But like Death Crown is proof that it can it can be done. Yeah. And I would love to see more things like that. Um. So you know, and I, for me, the 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 way to to make all of these work is like you don't have to have the most mechanically dense game if you you know if you if you put a story into a mechanically shallow version of either of those that is, you know, has a fixed duration, you're going to give people an experience with a beginning, a middle and end. They're going to leave happy, even if it's not, you know, and they're, and they're going to be in a genre that they maybe haven't tried. Well, I, so I, that's what I, that's my, I answer. think the, um, the campaign modes of the old age of empires game, like could totally just be redone now um, mm. and would be successful. But the, 
they are those games though. They just, they pile it on, you know, instead of one campaign, mm. they have like, well, yeah. And there's the expectation you know. of the genre that like people are really playing the campaign to get good for the multiplayer. Right, and, right. um, and that's not something that really jibes with, with short games yeah. necessarily, but, um, yeah, that's yeah. I I I really think those are both areas that, especially the the like cockpit thing. Like I I crave that. Give me one. <laughs> um, I haven't played one in a long time. Uh, what's next on our list here? We've got um, this is a kind of a linked pair of questions. Actually, Shane, you want to take this one? A question came in from Asale in the Discord, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. What games pop to your mind that? might be short and satisfying with short play sessions, um, but not looking at how long they take to complete overall. So the the question is, what's your go-to for, I have 20 minutes or 20 minutes or less, and I want to play something. Yeah, it's also pretty related to another one by uh, Andy Ray, but from Twitter, which is, our rogue likes the one true way. So I think uh, he has an answer. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've thought about, uh, I've thought about both of these for a little bit. So, Laura has astutely combined the two here because, um, yeah, I mean, my answer to the first part of the question is slay the spire to me is like the perfect, um, I've got 20 minutes. I'm not going to be able to necessarily complete a full run, although maybe I might be able to get pretty far if I have a really good deck going. Um, but I can, I can sit down, I can play for 20 minutes and when I pick it back up, it might take me a minute or two to like reanalyze my deck um, and remember like what I was doing on this run, but it's not a heavy lift if you play the game a lot. And so I can feel like I'm accomplishing something, which is getting deeper in a run or potentially completing a run. Um, but I'm not like married to any individual moment. You can literally put that game down any time and it's, it's not going to change when you pick it up and you don't have to necessarily relearn a ton of mechanics because there's no story. You're not like pulled into a cliffhanger gripping moment, you know, where you're like, Oh, I can't put this down. It, it's it, to me, it's exactly the the right thing for it for a 20 minute play session. In terms of 20 minutes or less, my choice is almost always going to be, I'll reach for arcade style puzzle games. I really love to play Tetris or Puyo Puyo um, or Critter Crunch or there's a there's a list of different ones. Uh, lately, I think my big puzzle game fixation um, has been what's that one? I'm trying to remember the name now. I, I always space on this uh, with George, uh, the barbarian cr- uh, cr- crystal crunchies. No. Um, Uh, crystal smashers no it's the dungeon raid clone i had to uninstall it because i was playing it too much Um, that's why i can't think of it i know exactly what you're talking about it's on apple arcade yeah i don't even Um, i don't even have to think the words in order to like launch game on apple grind i'm grindstone Grindstone. i uninstalled it because i got addicted (laughs) yeah but now i hear there's a grandma so maybe i'm back in it um i beat the whole game and then they put more levels oh, than I beat those. And then I was like, I should uninstall this. I'm <laughs> wasting my life. I- I'm That's still awesome. playing too hard for me. threes, although oh. my husband's way better at it than I am. And I'm playing good Sudoku, but I'm Stardew Valley is my answer. Hmm. Uh, my answer is usually retro stuff. Um, I have a kind of a little retro game set up at my desk, which is right where you want it. If you have ADHD and have to get to get work done. 
Um, so I will boot that up from time to time and just sort of pick a game. Uh, I don't exactly go at random. What I usually go to for things like that are things like uh, shoot 'em ups are a big one, uh, or uh, or games I'm really familiar with from many years. You know, so like things like um, uh, Streets of Rage Two. I, I'll just boot that up and play through. Uh, you know, almost any time. Um, but like that, that's a big one for me. And also another thing that might be a little bit counterintuitive is, uh, dungeon crawling RPGs. Um, if it's on a platform where I can do a save state or something like a DS where you can just shut it or like a console where you can suspend the game, like a PlayStation four or whatever, like for example, like, um, the persona games kind of, kind of fill this niche for me in that, like, uh, like I'll, I have to sit down and like pay attention in something like a persona game when there's like long sequences where I'm going to be sitting through dialogue, but there's also dungeon crawls. And usually those are fairly lengthy and involve just sort of like walk a little bit, do a fight, walk a little bit, do a fight. And uh, as long as I can like either save in the middle or suspend or whatever in the middle, um, those dungeon crawling segments are great for, I have 20 minutes and I want to make a little bit more progress on a dungeon delve or whatever that's what i'm doing right now with etrian odyssey 4 um and i'm really liking it so like that's those are my two big big ones like you know mindless dungeon crawls or retro stuff nice not stuff we cover on the show (laughs) (laughs) so i want to um address the second question a little bit more which is andy ray basically asking you know or highlighting the fact that roguelikes are everywhere right now and it's true they absolutely are we've covered like you know roguelike inspired or direct roguelike games pretty frequently over the over the past couple years and um trying to i've I've thought a lot about like why is this genre so popular and we talked a little bit in the inscription episode about why it pairs so well with deck building um so i'm not going to rehash that but i i just had a thought that um kind of wanted to talk about which is that like so roguelike or rogue games basically being when you, when you die, you have to start all over have existed for a long time. Right. Uh, and for a long time, see every arcade. Game. Yeah. Right. Well, every there's the, arcade. yeah, you know, we always, you know, Mario is the first roguelike. Right. Um, but the, mm-hmm. there's other, yeah, there's other factors that make something a roguelike. Otherwise every arcade game, yeah. a roguelike, which isn't, I'm not actually arcade right. Game, right. But you get what I mean. Totally. So, but even games that actually fit within the rogue or roguelike genre, um, they were always, considered pretty um difficult to to embrace like a game where when you die you truly start over was uh pretty niche for a long time and there are big fans of those games and they've existed for a long time but the recent explosion of roguelike uh popularity i think i believe is centered around one new development within the roguelike genre which is that Yes, when you die, you are starting over, but the work you did in that run is contributing to some broader expansion of your abilities or skills, which did not exist in the rogue genre for a long time. It was truly when you die, you start over. Uh, Hades is the best example. Like, you know, part of the reason why this game is so popular is that, yes, it has the rogue element that when you die, you start over. But all of the character development that you did during that run, all of the experience that you earned, all of the little gems and trinkets and whatnot, you keep with you. 
Uh, the first game that I'm aware of that did this was a game called Rogue Legacy, which is really, really a cool game and a really cool concept. I'm sure it happened before that, but at least from my perspective, that was one of the first ones to popularize it. And now that element of that, when you die, even though you start over, you've actually made progress in the game. I think it's so popular because that's so much better than what most games are. Like Reagan, you were saying, Normally, if it's a game where you can die, when you just when you die, you are just starting over either at the last checkpoint or at the beginning or whatever, and you've done nothing but maybe improved your personal skills a little bit. But with this new element that like you playing it and dying, but maybe contributing to either items they have access to or some sort of broader talent tree or whatever the game's version might be, that makes it where you're never wasting a run. And you're actually your time is more respected uh, and and more worthwhile than just like dying over and over and over and over. You're building towards something. Um, I think Inscription does it really well. Um, the, a lot of these games, you get to a point where it, you know, like Monster Train or Slay the Spire, these really crunchy games, you do eventually unlock everything. And the people who are still playing are just obsessive like myself. Um, but most of the games that have brought it in and made it so popular, it's really focusing on that like bigger thing that you're building towards just using death as a mechanic. So that's my thought. I don't know. I I, I, I think we're just starting to scratch the surface of, of that concept, and I, I personally love it. So I am not going to contradict you, Nate. But in specific answer to Andy Ray's question here on Twitter, are roguelikes the one true way? My answer is I fucking hope not. Um, (laughs) It's not that I dislike roguelikes entirely. I actually think like there's a lot. I mean, we've covered a lot of great roguelike games or games with vaguely roguelike elements on the show. Uh, But I think what defines a roguelike for me most often is the element of the sort of procedural generation or randomization. And for me, that's often that's often a death sentence. Yeah. Like not all games, but games really have to work to overcome that as a design element for me to for me to really enjoy them. Um, when I see a game like, you know, I see a, a for example, like a a new great looking Metroidvania or whatever, like I see a trailer for it. And I'm like, that looks awesome. And then a trailer card, you know, title card comes up that says, you know, huge procedurally generated map. I'm like, Oh no. So like for me, no, I, I know. Yes. There's been a huge explosion in this genre over the last seven years. It's certainly more popular now than it was when we started the show. Um, and it has brought a lot of great ideas to games that I don't even think anybody would qualify as a roguelike. Um, but like, are roguelikes the one true way? I, I don't think so. And I think that like you, you can see a there's been a shift over the last few ways day, uh, years away from procedural generation for content and more towards authored content. Even things that are considered roguelikes now, like we can look at something like Inscription and, and like it doesn't, it, while it has like random, certain randomized elements, it is not, really what you'd consider procedurally generated. Whereas like, you know, a traditional roguelike is all a procedural generated map. Right. Um, so that's, that's a big distinction for me. Like it depends on what you mean by roguelike. Are they the one true way? No. And depending on what you mean by roguelikes, hell no, <laughs> um, is my answer. Um, all right. But, uh, you know, okay. Let's get to the next question. <laughs> We're moving into a new segment of questions here, um, which are a little less, specific around gaming and more just like 
you know, generally what we thought were either funny questions or more like life questions. So uh, this one came to us via Bojangles McCallahan uh, via email. Uh, if you know, you know. Uh, they said, uh, what game would you want to vacation in? Hmm. And there's some bad choices. Like, yeah, most. Ooh, I mean, a wide ocean, big jacket. Yeah. <laughs> just a beach. I oh, just want to. Just a nice beach. I just want to go to the beach <laughs> with some. I want to be one of those teens going to the beach. You want to pee in a bush? I want to be the mean teen. (laughs) Yeah. I want to pee in a bush. Look at some birds. Yeah, I mean, most games are built around bad, like something bad has happened and I don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. Guys, a short hike. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, for me, there's an easy answer, but it's probably like Abzu. Like, I love the idea of going scuba diving and like looking at all them cool animals and stuff. And I mean, you know, the assumption being that if it's a vacation, I can go home afterwards, then yeah, sign me up. I wouldn't be mad about Journey either, as long as I like had the magic powers to ski on the sand. Yeah, assuming, assuming you just get to go to the, yeah, like you have an easy escape valve and you can utilize the, the features of the world. Yeah. Journey, Abzu, all these more like just delightful. Uh, uh, what, what was, um, I want to go to, I want to explore the world of brothers, a tale of two sons where I don't have to bury my brother. Um, I just want to hey, spoilers, spoilers, <laughs> spoilers, jeez, spoilers for the end of brothers. Jeez. <laughs> It's kind of uh, you can I mean, yeah. you can bleep all that out, but um, like the the giants and like the way that game plays with scope, I think would be would be cool. I just liked this one. Uh, best great, best terrible or great character name for a playthrough. This is one's from Andy Ria on uh, Twitter. Does anybody Andy have Ray. an answer for this one, Andy Ray? I mean, I will on Twitter. never forget Reagan. Just playing as Gomez Adams and Dream Daddy. <laughs> like that made me really happy to this day. I usually play. I as heard Laura, some good uh, some good names on the uh on the episode about uh Chicory. Oh, oh yeah. Well that was that was a that was a up? like a hotbed of great uh, names. What what did you see? I liked the name Peanut Butt. Peanut butt <laughs> and uh <laughs> I tried to put in peanut butter ran out. <laughs> yeah. Pancake ran out of letters. <laughs> I mean, I've played a few games since Chicory where I got to name a character or squad, and I've been sticking with pasta for literally everything <laughs> since. I've, right now, I'm delving the dungeons of um, Etrian Odyssey 4 as uh, the pasta squad with my uh, my team. Uh, you name all the characters in this game, so they're uh, all little anime girls delving in a dungeon like you do and they're uh farfalle fusilli penne macaroni and egg noodle um so yeah yeah i do remember trying to put it in it was butterscott butter hey, it's <laughs> like me a... my, my name's butterscott <laughs> i got this one question from jordan starkweather via twitter if each member of the pod were forced to make the other members pl- of the pod play one short game for the rest of their lives. What would it be and why? And I don't know why any of us would do this to any of us. Yeah, I think oh, me God. too. <laughs> oh, all I would of you make poor everyone people. play magic with me. Oh, it is no. a short game. The uh, an actual game of magic takes twenty minutes or less. 
What's the game we used to make fun of you, Reagan, for loving so much? Um, Forbidden Planet. Freedom Planet? Or Freedom Planet. Freedom Planet. Yeah. Uh, I want to make you... Man, uh, Freedom Planet 2 is coming out someday. It's been delayed 100,000 times, and it's still still on its way, guys. It might be coming out in I'm sure it'll be great. The first game was good. Uh, but I'm just going to banish Reagan to playing Freedom Planet uh, every day, <laughs> all day for the rest of his life. I mean, I'm a merciful god, so I'll let Nate play FTL till he dies. I mean, Reagan gave the answer. We forced each other to play Abzu, and we just sit on the rock and watch fish for like a screensaver. <laughs> uh, pouting. So here's one that I'm fascinated to find out the answer. Uh, what video game genre do you self-identify as from Jonathan Mitchell from Twitter? All right, I, I have an answer for this. Um, I self-identify as a 4X game. So like uh like a mm-hmm. like a civilization <laughs> what? Like a civilization, you know, oh, for yeah. yeah. Oh the uh, bra- yeah. Yeah. Uh well it's like for uh, I should I'm not going to look it up. But 4X it's like four different types of it's a strategy term, but um expand, expand ex- explore, yeah, explore, yeah. expand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- um and the reason extend. I, I think of myself as a 4X game is one, I you know, overthink everything and take forever to do anything. And I also like to think, you know, I'm personally going for some sort of culture victory in life, but I'm probably gonna I'm <laughs> probably gonna lose to some asshole with a gun. So uh that's oh, uh, that's why I'm uh that's why I'm a four X. <laughs> I thought you were gonna that was do a some... much better answer than I could come up with. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say something about like I have two children and there's a lot of management tonight. I, no. no, you went purely on the like the culture play, which I respect. <laughs> Reagan and I identify as Mario and Luigi. <laughs> mm, which one? Which one? I'll never tell. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, you're clearly uh, you're clearly Mario, and I'm clearly Mario. <laughs> <laughs> the mustaches would indicate exactly that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I self-identify as WarioWare, just like a ton of mini games because I can't focus on anything. Um, I have ADD, and every two seconds I'm doing a different hobby. So I guess I'm I'm on my best day. I'm Peter Panic. <laughs> yes, I still listen to the music from Peter Panic from time to time. It's so good, it's so good. Uh, Peter Panic yeah. is the Broadway musical WarioWare game, which yeah. you should go play. You should, everybody. It's so, it's, I assume it's still playable on mobile. It is. Yes. Yeah. Great. Good. Mobile is such a shifting landscape. It's hard to keep track. Um. I haven't thought of any good answers, so I'll I'll, I'll I'll pass. I'll I'll just be included as Wario. All right, looking at the clock, I think that's probably pretty close to all we have time for. I thought we'd just take one last one last question that I put into the the bucket uh, myself um, because we're rolling into the holiday season. Uh, I thought it would be fun to talk briefly about uh, what are thinking back over your your childhoods or maybe adulthoods. I don't know. Uh, what are your best and worst? gaming related Christmas presents uh, of your life. I, I can go first. Um, uh, best there are, there are many, but best would probably be in, I think it would have been 1996. I have to double check that year. So forgive me if I'm completely misremembering. Um, we got uh, Shane and I got a, uh, the Sega Saturn set. That was like when they were in the process of like really 
trying to push the Sega Saturn when it was obvious they were starting to lose ground to the PlayStation. So they had a package deal where you could get the, the Sega Saturn and copies of Daytona USA, um, uh, Virtua Cop 2, and Virtua Fighter. I forget whether it was one or two. Uh, sort of a, a package deal. All three games came for free with the system. And uh, this was a, a a year where we had gone to visit relatives, which is like the only only year I can remember in my uh, my childhood where we weren't like at home for Christmas. We were like at a, a you know a, a strange house, and uh, I was kind of not expecting to get uh, a big gift like that that year. And then suddenly we got this this uh, console that, of course, we had then pack into luggage to take home. But like it was it was very very exciting. The Sega Saturn was such a new and exciting thing at the time, and I later felt betrayed by that that console because you know, over here, it didn't see the best support and really felt like we lost out to the PlayStation. But uh, at the and in that moment, it was glorious. And I was a Sega kid through and through. And I, I, I still love the Saturn. It's a great console. I think back on that Reagan, time. You did best. Uh, most of when growing up, we were uh, we were getting these kinds of gaming items to share. So I'll just leave your best and I'll do the worst. Uh, it would have been around uh, 19... 19- it would have been the the mid nineties, so I, I, I would say maybe like ninety five ish. Uh, we received a copy of Spiritual Warfare. I've seen this. <laughs> that was going to be mine nice. too. Nice, one of, nice. The, one of the worst. Yeah, Spiritual Warfare was a unlicensed uh, original Nintendo game that came out in like nineteen ninety two, and uh, we did not even have we did not have an original Nintendo. Our grandmother bought us spiritual warfare which is a uh a game it's a kind of a zelda like game uh that is made to uh kind of teach bible lessons and bible verses and uh you are you're trying to assemble the full armor of god so that you can take on like the devil with bible verses mm-hmm. and that i I wish we still had this because it would be such a treasure to have this thing, this completely bizarre thing that our grandmother bought Useless us because thing, she yeah. knew she loved video games. Yeah, she knew that she had two two little grandsons who loved video games, and hey, they were selling video games at her church uh, store. Oh. And wow, she can get her shopping done and support her church all in one fell swoop. And and she did. And you know, we said thank you, grandma. And we can't wait to play this. And then we put it away and I have no idea what became of it because of course we could never play it because we'd never had an NES. <laughs> Plus I will have to say my uh, best present is one you all gave me, but it's also incredibly embarrassing because I came home very drunk from a workout and you had been waiting for me to open this package and I did not understand. There was a very large package on my uh, dining room table. My husband's like, this arrived for you. And I was like, Oh, I didn't order anything. I really need some water. And he was like, you need to open it. Like this is a package from the short game. And I was like, it's very big. And I like walked away and he was like, no, like they're waiting for you to open this package. And I was just like, I was like too drunk to understand. And I opened it and I was like, I didn't order this. Like it's a PlayStation. And I was terrified. I was like, I didn't, I didn't pay for this. He was like, it's a gift. (laughs) It's a gift from your podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I think I was like very, I was like, that's so nice. He's like, yes, 
they're waiting for you to tell them it arrived. <laughs> and he's like, please drink some water first. It was my first time I really overdid it at work. But I was it was so bad because I just did not – I was too drunk to understand I didn't order the PlayStation. <laughs> and I was terrified I had done it somehow while I drunk. It. I bought a play. I oh, was shit. like, how I did I it. buy this? I thought I like ordered it while drunk and like it had arrived immediately. And, and I put like, Reagan's no. <laughs> I put Reagan's name on the on the slip. <laughs> Do you think I was reading slips at the time? No, it was a fantastic gift and it was very meaningful. And when I served up, I really appreciated it. I appreciated it while I was drunk too. I just like thought I had made a, a huge mistake. <laughs> so uh I've got one that is not video game related, um, but I uh I, I've talked about it on the show, but I play poker and um, there was a time where like that was like the thing that my extended family knew about me was like, oh, Nate is really into poker and plays poker. So I uh, oh, I got a Christmas present when you're from my aunt and uncle and it was this like big puffy leather jacket that like seemed nice quality and huge on the back were like I, I don't even remember the specific words. I'm gonna give you the vibe, but it was basically like four aces from a deck of cards, like with flames going all <laughs> the, around them. And I think there might have been a snake on it too. It was I think it uh, yeah. it was made to This is some real flavor town in it. Yeah, it was mm. I think it was made to look like um almost like a biker gang thing you know and it said real big across it like wild aces or or like hopefully aces wild or i you know who i don't know smoking aces or some something something that i would never flaming bows yeah yeah nice (laughs) something that i would never (laughs) you know even like be in the place to uh, purchase that, let alone make. <laughs> see, <laughs> you know. see, the thing is, I feel like your wife would wear it ironically. <laughs> no, it, no, not even that. It's like not it, even. No, okay, no, it's gone. It went. It's passed so bad. It's good into just like right back into bad. You know what I mean? And like, and of course, it's sweet. You know, they're just trying to buy me something that they think I'm gonna like. Uh, but I was just like. This is so far away from anything that I would ever it, – it was ridiculous. I held on to it for a long time because I almost felt bad about like, you know, I don't think I ever put it on. <laughs> well, you were just waiting for it to come into fashion, right? When I win the World Series of Poker, I'm going to have that on underneath my uh my my (laughs) my normal clothes and i'm gonna rip off my shirt and reveal the (laughs) smoking aces or whatever (laughs) so if our listeners want to celebrate our 300th episode by sending nate a replacement for this priceless jacket he's lost (laughs) it's how should they contact us please great question laura thank you uh so, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this episode and every one of our 300 episodes. Uh, you can find us on the internet at www.theshortgame.net where you'll find all the ways to contact us, a contact form, our email. You can uh, find us on Twitter at underscore short game. 
Uh, and you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the short game. Uh, our Patreon has been a wonderful thing for the show. In addition to just giving us a little bit of budget to things like cover hosting costs, which inch up a little bit every year. Uh, uh, but also just covering incidentals like needing to buy new microphones when they break, that sort of thing. Uh, it's just been wonderful to have the community of patrons on Patreon. All of our patrons get access to our Discord, which is where we talk about the show and chit chat and uh, where we sourced most of the questions for this episode. We have a number of questions that we had to skip for time reasons. We're going to be getting back to them. Um, I want to thank every single one of our patrons. Uh, and uh, I, we don't do this often because it takes up a bit of time, but I'm going to take a moment and just read our list of patrons. I know a lot of podcasts do this more frequently than we. Uh, I, I apologize to all of you for not making a bigger deal of this, but I want to thank each and every one of you individually. And uh, I'm just going to take a second and thank you to, uh, oh, and first of all, apologies again, I didn't have time to uh, individually check uh, name pronunciations. I'm going to do my best. If anybody, uh, if I screw anybody up, um, please feel free to let me know and I'll, I'll do a correction. Um, but thank you very much to all of our patrons, including uh, Abram Simons, Adam Saleh, Aiden Totman, Andrew Foy, Brittany, Case, Chris Phillips, Corey Menke, Daniel Beck, David Balsinger, David Giza, Eduardo Ramirez, Eric Ferraro, Four Cats Dance, Francis Irving, Gabe Ortiz, Gary Butterfield, Hacksaw Unit, Jason Emery, Jason Harville, Jason McIntosh, Jeremiah Johnson, Jeremy, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Brown. Sorry, if you, if you just put your first name, you might be one of three Jeremy's. Uh, Jeremy Brown, Joe Boria, John, John, <laughs> no joke, uh, Jonathan Howard, Kayla Ostrowski, Lance Campbell, Laura Briere, Lee Nash, Marga F.V., Mark Bramhill, Math Rath, Matt Arakaki, Matt Cromarty, Michael Hanneman, Michael Pace, Michael Smith, Nathan House, Rachel Ross, Robert Hotz, Simple Beat, Sonnet, Teddy Buffa, Wyatt Chapman, Zach Dodson, and Zuhan Pan. That is our list of patrons. Thank you so much to every one of those patrons for supporting the show. And if you'd like to become one of those patrons, once again, you can go to theshortgame.net or well, there's a link from there, or you can go to patreon.com slash the short game. Uh, we have two tiers on Patreon. We keep it pretty simple. You're welcome to send as much money our way as we, as you, you feel like, but if you support at a dollar, you get into our all of our benefits. And if you support at $5 listener, I will send you some stickers and, uh, they are really nice stickers. So thank you very much to all of our patrons. And of course, to all of our, uh, past patrons, if you drop dropped in to drop us a couple bucks and then departed, we still appreciate you. Thank you very much to all of those folks too. So thanks once again for joining us on this episode, this 300th episode of the short game. And, Before we go, I also want to thank 
my co-hosts. I could not do the, obviously could not do the show without you. It'd be really weird, but I could not do the show without you specifically. I couldn't have asked for better co-hosts. Uh, Nate, you were the first and, and I love you for it. And also you just bring such great energy to the show and you're, you're wonderful. You have, you, 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 you complete me, Nate. You have uh, good opinions about games that I <laughs> cannot play for the life of me. That's a, that, that's an important aspect. Uh, but also you are, you're just a joy to have on the show, Nate, and you're, you're a wonderful friend. Someone on the podcast needs skills and it's Nate. <laughs> <laughs> like someone has to have skills and Nate supplies that. So. Uh, exactly. Give me too much credit. It's a very narrow, the skill set, but thank you, Reagan. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Laura, likewise, you're, you're, a, you're a wonderful uh, element of the podcast. We could not do it without you. You bring so much uh, expertise and also your, your, your wonderful, just charming presence and just everything you do for the show is so important. Thank you, Laura. And Shane, you're my brother and also you're fine. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I we do Shane. love Shane. <laughs> no. Shane, I'm joking with you. How could we how could we do the show without Shane to to bring up Magic the Gathering so frequently? Thank you. I'm Shane, so, I love I, you. No, no, I'm so loved this show. Yes. Shane. No, honestly, are, Shane brings an incredible enthusiasm and energy. Like there's a lot of times when we are flagging and it is Shane who keeps us going. So I love you very so much. It, it is against the law for Reagan to say nice things. But, I know. That's uh, why is, I need to step up on a recording. As, so. as twin brothers, I'm not allowed to be caught being fond of my brother. So I was gonna say that might be the last question we actually answer someone asked are you two twins um which i don't think has been addressed in an episode for a while so uh yes yeah if you're just (laughs) joining the podcast and haven't listened in a while yes shane and reagan are twin brothers we are identical twins we uh we look very similar um so and uh yeah we we used to basically mention that in the intro every time which i think is helpful for new listeners picturing me and reagan uh but it is also a very weird thing to bring up every time you start talking about video games. Yes. When, it is. <laughs> it is weird. When we recorded our very first episode, we didn't do video and our microphones weren't great. And I had never met Shane and I could not tell the difference between the two of you when we recorded on. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so. Shane, you're making me think of that thing that the uh, Microsoft did a, uh, did a video event recently where I assume for like accessibility reasons, they started doing this thing where every time their presenters would start speaking, they'd say like, hi, I'm Matt. I'm a cis white man with uh, brown hair and a short beard. And I'm here to talk about blank. Like literally every like single person saying the alt text. Yes, huh. every single one of them in the video would would begin their 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 speaking by saying that, and like I'm sure that's for good accessibility yeah. reasons. But it was the most awkward thing I've ever seen on video. Like I don't know, put it in the in the in the description or something if you want. But uh, that was very strange. But yeah, that, we could do that every time if that's the right way to go. You know damn well that it is not, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's coming from me, Shane Kelly, a cis white man <laughs> in his thirties. Uh, who has a mustache that's not as good as Reagan's uh, that I only grew this November. <laughs> Shane, it looks good. Shane, your mustache looks great. I'm the only one on the podcast going, without a someday, mustache right now. Someday you could escape. I feel very <laughs> left out. Oh, Laura, I'm sorry. About you can, Laura, you can have mine. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> All right, maybe this is where we should actually leave it. Yeah. Uh, thanks once again to everybody. And... Um, 
See you next time.